Howdy, friends, and welcome to The Story Field. This is a podcast where we talk about business, faith, and life in general. Okay, so here's the deal. We want you to be encouraged. We want you living in hope. This life we live is complex. It's hard at times. At The Story Field, you will find great stories of normal people just like us who will inspire you. Our goal is that you leave encouraged, inspired, and excited to move forward in life. But before we get started, one thing though, if you're listening and you find yourself really hopeless right now, send us an email at hope at thestoryfield.com so we can pray for you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Hey, Storyfield. Today is going to be awesome. So Bruce Pulver is on the show. Bruce, thanks for making time today. It's great to be here, Josh. Thanks for inviting me. And, you know, through our dear friend, Dave McDonald, we've connected. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Looking so much forward to this conversation. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, so you, you are a first for us. You are the first guest we've had on who's done a TED Talk. Man, that is amazing. We're going to get into that. So thank you for, uh, you know, breaking the dam open of the TED Talk people. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So Bruce um is a author professional speaker a workshop leader an entrepreneur a father a husband and uh now a guest so you know we have a lot to talk about but bruce i think i love your story and your kind of story i've grown to love it over the time it's just like the 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 big moments the god moments the you know so um i'm really grateful i think we're gonna have fun and I wanted to let people know they need to check out your book. Um, and I've already scanned through at least a few chapters of it. It's called Above the Chatter, Our Words Matter. You know, powerful words that change my life forever. Now, can we get that on all platforms, kind of everywhere, Bruce? And Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of the onlines. And you buy it from my website. Um, I've made the commitment that I sign every copy. Uh, okay, awesome. From my website. And that's... Uh, just the name of the book, Above the Chatter, OurWordsMatter.com. Okay. okay. Uh, holiday season coming up. Uh, I've found folks who bought them for their employees, family, organizations. And uh, just, you know, like I said, we'll talk about it. But hopefully there's an encouraging word in there for somebody. I, I, mean, I wrote enough of them. There should be one or two. A hundred percent there is. <laughs> and your real passion, and we'll get into that. Like we mentioned earlier, too, though, you, you, you've given a TED Talk called and I've watched it. You can you can get on and Google look at it. It's called The Secret of Changing Negative Self-Talk by Renewing Your Mindset. Um, you know, and you, you've taken that too, and you speak professionally around the world, but your real passion is the power of words. Um, so, you know, again, we're, we're, I want to, that's kind of all this is about. But you have a quote in your book that I want, I want us to start off with this. You said, day, day one, the day I was born, could have been the worst day of my life. Yeah. The day I was born could have been the worst day of my life. That is, that jumped off the page to me. Like, I don't think I've ever heard ever that statement or even said that way. What do you mean? Let's yeah. do that and get into your story and your childhood. Absolutely. So, um, of the two and a half year old, uh, older than myself, brother, and uh, my mother had easy, simple, straightforward labor with him. And so when she was expecting me, they kind of expected the same thing. Um, we were 
15 miles away from uh, a hospital northeast associated with Yale New Haven Medical Yale University called the Yale New Haven Medical Center. And she, you know, went into labor. You know, she water broke, sharp pain, you know, all the same signs and symptoms. And they had a plan. My brother was going to go next door and the neighbor was going to come over. And if it was at night, you know, drive him to the hospital or whatever. They, you know, they had said I had someone help my dad. And um, about halfway to the hospital, she said, I, I can't feel my leg. And, you know, sometimes you're in the backseat of a car, you're twisted, you're not sitting right. And, and my dad just thought it was, you know, just the blood circulation. You know, your foot falls asleep, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when they got to the hospital, they immediately took her vital signs and her heart rate was flying, but her blood pressure had dropped below like dangerous levels. And so what they knew at that time was that something was irregular. Something was going wrong inside of her heart and arteries and valves, et cetera. But they didn't know what. Um, And they had never performed the surgeries that she endured. But they did a C-section to eliminate, to get me out. And then she spent eight hours in the labor and delivery room for the surgeons trying to save her leg because there was a tear in her aorta, which is the the, the largest art, um, the artery that leaves the heart with uh, blood. And she was bleeding inter- inside the internal wall and the external wall of that artery. That's what was causing the lower blood pressure and the heart trying to work faster. Oh, my gosh. The effort of the heart also tore the flap of the valve at the top, at the base of the heart. So when I say it could have been the worst day of my life, uh, she could have died and, and I could have died during that process. However, there were two surgeons who were visiting from Tulane University who had just perfected aortic valve procedures. They called them over from Yale and they went to work on my mom. Uh, she underwent three experimental surgeries they'd never really done before other than on a dog named Archie, by the way, which was a pretty oh. cool part of the story. <laughs> wow. And you know, 60 days from the day I was born was the day, first day that she saw me. So you think about getting out of the hospital these days. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, you know, there was time when they didn't know they didn't have imaging equipment. They didn't have the high, you know, MRI type of things that they could go in and, and see things right differently. Or they didn't have arthroscopic where they go in with a camera and figure it out. So they were really flying blind. And she also needed um, 15 pints of blood for mm. the heart lung machine. Gracious. And most all of them came from the church that my parents attended in the small town in Connecticut. So to say that could have been the worst day of my life um, is true. But it ended up being an amazing day because she made a full recovery. The, the longest survivor ever in that situation I just described for you, Josh, was 72 hours. I'm blown away even by the fact that there were two visiting surgeons. I mean, the experimental surgery, the team plants of blood, the 60 days in the hospital. Like, good gracious. Okay. Yeah. So from there, what, so what did that mean? Right. Could just be a story, but it really impacted as I look back, it just so much impacted how I was raised. And when I do speak, you know, across the country, to organizations and individuals and groups and it, it varies it's it's everywhere I, I i've grown to realize how fortunate i was in the gratitude soup if you will that i was raised in by my mom's just every day just 
was grateful for even, you know, waking up and, and lived a full life. I mean, did everything that she wanted to do after she'd recovered. And, you know, my dad, who was a silent patient in all this, he was kind of the guy with words. He liked crossword puzzles and he wrote plays and he wrote poems. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, I didn't see it as anything unique, weird, different, or even in line with anyone else. It just was my upbringing, right? And what led to the book was probably something we'll get to in a minute, which was something that, that occurred, you know, later on in life for me. Yeah, Lee, I'm thinking that could have been in her, in your mother's opinion, the worst thing that ever happened, but she rolled that into being grateful. Man, maybe we all do that. I mean, for hard situations, really, you know. Yeah, and you know, I, I wish I could say it was all that. She was always, um, you know, bubbly and grateful and everything was wonderful. Yeah. There's, yeah, I remember, you know, she she passed when I was when I was 22 years old. She passed away at age of 53. But those 22 years were such a gift yeah. for, for my, my, me and my brother, my brother, myself and I. Yeah. Um, you know, there were times where, you know, there's some articles that were written where she said, you know, I have a pity party about myself, about, you know, getting tired, walking up some stairs or, you know, not maybe being able to get the laundry all full. You know, just stuff, just things that you think about that she was doing as a mom in that period of time. And, yeah. you know, it was domestic, a lot of domestic stuff she did, but she went on to get a real estate license. She went on to one of her favorite things to do was to help a, a new couple get into their first house. I mean, that was her, her dream was that everyone should have that opportunity if they can, you know, find a way to do it. So it was definitely a full life, but again, there were times when, well, yeah, she's not perfect. I mean, yeah, but the overarching theme, it sounds like was, you know, thankfulness. Huh? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I turn this phrase a lot in, in my talks, you know, instead of going, uh, woe is me. Uh, why can't we say, wow, is he right? Uh, and, <laughs> that's awesome. Especially in her situation. Right. I mean, so I, I, so I was, I was kind of raised in that, right? Ups and downs, of course, but you, but everything was, was just doused with having some sense of appreciation for life. Hey, y'all. I just want to make an observation. When I see someone going through a legal situation, it seems like there are way too many unknowns. Well, the Allen Firm provides legal guidance so that you can make a great decision, come to a resolution, and be at peace. For more information about the Allen Firm, visit allenlawfirm.com. Yeah, that's good. So you and your brother, and did you grow up in con- Connecticut? Yeah, we. Uh, no, I lived in Connecticut until I was about seven. Okay. Um, and then we uh, had a. My mom had a, a, an aging grandma, an aging mother, my grandmother in uh, Saint Petersburg, Florida, and okay. she was a she was a widow. Um, strong, strong as you know, just one of those strong. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Raised three kids, and but, but her 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 health was failing a bit, so we moved to the Tampa Bay area to be close to her. You know, about the age of second grade. And okay. uh, that's when kind of got involved in a lot of the, you know, Florida activities that you can baseball year round and, you know, music and stuff like that. So, yeah, we grew okay. up in the water area. Right. Now, did you finish high school in Florida? I mean, yeah, so yeah. let's kind of track along that path. So it sounds like your dad was into crosswords and words and he was more quiet and your mom, you know, went through what we just talked about and were you and your brother close, like kind of described that, like growing up and 
high school and where, yeah, where did we go so, so he's two and a half years older than me, than I am. And uh, the way I describe him, and, and if he if he's listening to this, hopefully he'll get a chuckle out of it. He is he has the mind of a of a mechanical mind, um, and and I don't. So I describe our differences as that I break things and he fixes things. <laughs> okay, um, no, he he um he was an Eagle Scout. Uh, earned that went pretty pretty far in the scouting world. Um, I did you know baseball, sports, and 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 the arts. I, I played the drums, and my and my dad was a musician as well as as a writer. So uh, we're very different. Uh, we're probably closer now than than we've been just uh, as time goes on. Um, but yeah, so uh, he and and so the high school we went to was was so uh, populated, but so small that we actually had what's called split sessions. So I was in ninth grade when he was in 11th. And so ninth and 10th went in the afternoon, 11th and 12th went in the morning. So by the time he graduated and I moved into 11th grade, we were never at high school at the same time. Although, yeah. you know, probably we, we could have been for a couple of years. Oh, uh, okay. And like the temperature around the house, it sounds like, I mean, just for me knowing you for a minute and like looking in and hearing your story, it sounds like it was just a pleasant, like almost like a a pleasant experience i mean yeah i mean i got my share of trouble and so did oh me. for sure yeah <laughs> but, uh, you know yeah i mean i think one of the things that i, I recall now we talk uh, i talk about this sometimes is there was never the um you have to aspire to this thing and there was never a well you're not good enough for it was very open to try so i remember playing baseball and and doing the music thing at the same time and you know, when, when you get to be 13 and you start moving from the little league field to the larger field and you're not growing as fast as everybody else is growing and you're had been playing third base and the coach wants you to play second base, you kind of, you know, take a little hit on the ego there at that age. And, you know, it was like, dad, you know, I don't know. He goes, well, you know, we, we signed up for this year. We're playing this year out. Then you can sit down and have the conversation. So, you know, it was it was um, leading by example for the most part. And dad was kind of a quiet leader and mom was the encourager. Yeah. And did you have a church background growing up? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Dad swang and sang in the choir. Okay. You know, we did the kind of the acrolyte thing, I guess. And then they would, when there was some music, I'd, I'd, you know, do some of the drum parts and some of the, the uh, Christmas stuff, et cetera. But, you know, I'll be honest with you though, I was, I was probably connected to the church at that age but not so much connecting personally. Oh, okay. Makes sense. You know, as young, as you're younger, you kind of go to the Sunday school, you go to the youth group stuff. It's something you assemble to, but, but I would say that, that much more in later in life. And as some things have occurred in my life since then, uh, the faith aspect has become just so important and you know, hindsight. Right. But at the same time, you know, I don't think he, he wants our, abilities he wants our availabilities and then wants us to turn to him so yeah okay yeah that's a great way to explain it i would say probably same similar for me um so after high school where'd you go so 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 this guy was going to be the next uh superstar drummer on the planet i I went to college i studied uh uh, auditioned and was accepted and studied music uh in tallahassee at florida state university i completed one year in the program and then I realized, man, I love this music so much that I want it to be an avocation, not a vocation. Because uh. 
<laughs> yeah. There were so many amazing musicians that I was surrounded by in all aspects, vocal, you know, instrumental, classical, commercial, jazz, etc. And it was just, it became really, how do you say this? Yeah, it became hard and that's okay. It's kind of supposed to be, but I just didn't see making that progress, but I, and I didn't want to turn on something that I loved so much in my life. So it was relatively smooth transition to move into the business school um, get a marketing and the marketing program. And then I had the minor in music completed. So, yeah, but, you know, music has always been a passion and, and I still, I still love seeing live music, being in the room with the with live musicians. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that Bruce, because we've had several guests who have pursued, you know, in college, you know, the musical route and, and have said at some point it got to be so competitive or something. It's just like, you almost lose the taste of it. I'm glad you're still 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 going after it. Oh, I love it. You know, I love it. And and I have a couple of really dear high school friends that have taken it to, you know, a top shelf level. And yeah, uh, you know, Grammy winning saxophone players and that kind yeah. of organizations or bands they've toured with. And there's just there's something there that there's an aptitude, a skill, uh, and the work ethic. Don't get me wrong. But oh yeah, you work sort it. of thing that that you just you know, a lot of that is a gift. That, yeah, that for sure. Really developed, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so you you graduate Florida State University, um, with a marketing degree and a minor in music. Right. Are you dating, married by now? Are you? Where does that where does that come into the picture? And then where what what do you do for work after that? Yeah, so you know, uh, probably got married too young, right out of college. Uh, so, hindsight's twenty twenty on that too. I know we're like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, so so that went a little while, and then um, then that didn't. Um, but I moved to Atlanta and started in the healthcare technology business. Uh, it was kind of, you know, it, quite honestly, there was a real draw to do something that could give back to you know, the medical miracles that our family um, experienced and, and we're, we're grateful to to have. And, you know, healthcare technology, um, aging population, you know, the insurance world, computers and technology, that was all sort of the blending of things at the time, kind of the hot industries when I was coming out of college. So I was able to find a firm in Atlanta that that blended all those. And that's where my healthcare career started um, and did that for a long time. I mean, that was my entire career and that helping hospitals with their technology from billing through patient experience to following up and in insurance claims and just all the kind of the, the administrative aspect. Um, I remarried, remarried in 1994. So my wife and I have been, it'll be 30 years, New Year's Eve. Um, oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Really excited about that. Very excited. I, you know, I've, I've kicked my coverage for sure on this. Yeah. One. And, <laughs> That's um, awesome. So, you know, but then we can kind of kind of move into you know, that was that was different jobs, right? It was implementation. So there was a technology technical side of getting systems implemented and table building and all that kind of training and all. And I really liked that. Then there was the opportunity to, you know, now that I knew these solutions, I knew these products to kind of move into the front end of the process and do some presentations and, and demonstration work pre purchase by the customers. And that kind of got me 
I guess, out from behind the drums where you're kind of quiet, if you will, out from under the scenes and behind the scenes to actually having to sort of speaking about and learning how to speak about features and benefits and advantages and, you know, differentiation and what problems your solution solves. So that, that sort of started the, the, the uh, exercises of learning, kind of have a conversation with someone about what problem am I solving? Not what. Yeah, I, I know. I think about it now from while we're even talking and hearing you talk about it in the past. It's just, it's so sweet to think you were getting trained back then to get out in front of people too and be able to communicate the right. Yeah, way some of those first ones, man. They were, <laughs> they were rough and bumbles. But, <laughs> That's uh, okay. Yeah, you, you can't do a great presentation until you do a good one. You can't do a good one until you do an okay one. And you can't do an okay one until you do your first one. So uh, oh, that's perfect. It's hindsight. But so so then then the sales opportunities opened up and and you know, I really wasn't I wasn't really game for that. It was it was, man, he's sure and had some really good sales leader mentors uh that really kind of helped me, you know, get in where you fit in. Do do things your way and don't pay attention to things that maybe aren't your way of doing, you know, you got to learn, but at the same time, you got to, you got to come with Josh, you got to come yeah. with Bruce and you got to be that authentic person. And, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some if you go that way. But um, that really helped and really um, propelled me into some, some great opportunities. And, you know, it's a time when, when, you know, healthcare systems were really expanding in technology. And, and I thought that's where everything was going to wrap up. I thought, you know, okay, we got, you know, 20, 25 years in here. Um, and then, you know, then, then the world changed and then, then everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're 25 years in. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. This, so this is, uh, again, another reason why we're talking this. Well, you know, yeah. And we go through life, right. And, and some of us are, are fortunate enough just to not have anything kind of occur. Right. Uh, but that's not many of us. I think we, I think the majority of folks will say they had a moment. They had a moment in life where there was a crossroads. There was a, a a choice to make, or maybe it wasn't a choice. Maybe there was something that occurred in your life. And I reflected right back on the mom and dad, the moment that I had what I call a BAM moment. B-A-M. Explain that. Yeah. A BAM moment to me, it's just kind of, crazy word i think i grew up watching batman and robin so you know, yeah oh <laughs> yeah come on the saturday morning cartoons uh, to me a bam moment became when the day before everything was going a certain way and then all of a sudden bam something occurs in life a car accident a diagnosis a relationship exploding um you know a death of a loved one for me it was a layoff so 25 years in the industry couple of different companies, but bam, you know, you get that meeting in the corner office with your sales VP and someone you've never met before from HR. <laughs> and, you know, the sales, the sales vice president says your job's been eliminated and I'm going to turn you over to what it becomes is Charlie Brown's teacher, right? Well, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Everything's going on in your head and you're not hearing a word that this person's saying. And I drove home that day. It was the longest drive home ever because, you know, your, you know, your badge, your computer, all the details, you know, just boom, it's over. And that was my bam moment. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I was angry. Right? I was say, did you have any warning? Really? No. no. Oh, I mean, man. you know, you kind of yeah. get, you kind of run in the, I guess it's kind of like the, the frog in the, in the bottle and the boiling pot of water, right? The temperature gets turned up slowly. Yeah. 
you know, things you don't really pay attention to or you don't really see. And the next thing you know, the, the, the frog's boiled versus throwing them into a hot pot. It's going to jump right out. But yeah, you know, just, it, it, but at the end of the day, right. It happened for me, not to me. Yeah. In that moment, man, anger, d- doubt, denial. What are you kidding me? This is a bad dream. However, everything changed the next day. So, so that job ended. Um, what am I going to do? The next, the next day is when the writing of the book started, which oh my gosh. wasn't intended to be a book. It was just, I don't know what it was. Well, what happened though? I mean, it's not like, did you just decide, Hey, I'm going to get up and uh, start writing or what happened? No, I, I got up. I was laying in bed actually. And the, the book, the word that's on the cover of the book is the word strong. So you can see it right here. S T R O N G. And I just wrote it vertically and it became stand tall, remain optimistic. Now go for it. It was just a way for some crazy at that moment reason that that word popped in my head. And I just, I wrote it down and I said, okay, we got to do something today. I mean, life's like the sky's not falling. We're going to be okay, but I got to do something to, to flip on the be strong button. And that just, I'd never written like that before ever. And so I, tried to plant that seed in my head and say, well, you know, do something that makes you, makes you strong. Maybe call someone else who was laid off that day. Cause there were 500 people that day in that company and just ask them how they're doing or find a way to just not fake it. That wasn't the word, but find something that you, you know, like maybe my mom had to do, or maybe my dad had to do when he was in the waiting room. And it, it wasn't really quite honestly at that point of faith strength. It was just be strong, man. You got to do it. You've gone through things before, you know, just kind of talking to yourself like a pep talk. Um, then the next morning I woke up and today will be awesome. So I wrote down awesome. And that became a wonderful experience shall overwhelm my expectations. Boom. There's a second word written the same way with the message of optimism in it. But, but day, that, the word yeah. was just popping in your mind when you woke up sort of? Popped in my mind. First thing I did is wrote it vertically. And then I decided, I, let's just look at the letters and let something kind of sounds woohoo, but let something come to you. Oh, what yeah. Does, I know what you're saying. What does that word mean, Bruce? What is an awesome day like? Well, I talk about it in my TED talk that we live in, in the center of the city of Atlanta pretty much. And to get to my grocery store, there's maybe five lights and, you know, two of them or three of them are left-hand turn arrows, right? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it could take you 30 minutes to get to the grocery store just by the sequence of lights, right? Well, I remember that day, every light was green, including the <laughs> Oh, that's a big deal, though. You're just, like, cruising on. You look yeah. at, I, was, I was, I was, for some crazy reason, Josh, I was looking for it. I, I was looking for, I don't know, maybe the golden retriever saying, throw the ball, I'll go chase it again. I, I don't really know. And, and it, at the end of the day, it's been so long ago, it doesn't really matter because it changed everything in my life in that first few days. Then it kept going, writing every single morning around 6 a.m. when I'd wake up every day. So what's the word today? Didn't get, Never went to a the- thesaurus, never went to a dictionary. Haven't written a D yet. Let's go in. Just sitting there. And, you know, God divinely downloaded these messages. Well, I, to me. I know, man. That's what I hear from you. Just when you woke up, he just been word. And you did that 400 times, 400 days. Yeah, that, it was at that point when we said, we got to oh do Oh, my like gosh. This. That's my so kid, awesome. My, 
you know, my kids were getting tired of me coming down the stairs saying, Hey, the word today is, you know, <laughs> um, so what happened and, and this really made it dive deep into a foundation that it was more than just this wordy dude, right. Just writing these crazy things. Um, I text, I had a group text and I started sending these out. A dear friend of mine is a pediatric heart surgeon in Florida. So he think about what he does every day. He operates on the hearts, the size of a walnut every day, or, you know, that's his, that's yeah. his, one of about a hundred in the country that do all that he, or in the world that do all that he does very small. Oh, yeah. So he was on that text list and he called me one night. And he said, thanks for sending me the word today. I said, I said, tell me, I don't even know if I remember, maybe it was earlier in the week or, you know, he caught me on a weekend and I said, well, well, tell me the story. He goes, we were in scrubbing in pre-op. There were six or seven surgeons and assistants and anesthesiologists. We're all getting ready for this surgery on a seven day old baby. Um, And there were 10 things that possibly could be in there when we open up the chest of this little baby, meaning 10 possible issues. I mean, they had all everything they kind of knew. But the challenge, he said, was with each of these 10, whichever one it is, there could be 10 possible solutions that we would then work through solving this problem. So we were going through that, all of us scrubbing, could be this, could be that, going here, going there. I don't even have the technical terms. And my phone went off and my assistant reached into my jacket and pulled my coat out of my coat pocket and said, what is it? It's a text from Bruce. He said, read it. And that yeah, wow. That word was the word calm. Oh That's a little moment. Wow, that gives me chills even thinking about that and the timing step, of getting step back and yeah, the timing, right? Who knew? It was just me. I just wrote the word. I mean, it's yeah, it's the Lord, yeah. And he said that allowed us to kind of we weren't panicking. That was that was not where he was going, but it was that moment of let's go, like let's roll. Um, that he needed. And when, when, when my friend messaged that to me and called me and talked to me about it, I, I said, okay, okay, we have to find a way to do more with this three ring binder because God's got a bigger plan for it than yeah. me. Okay. So yeah, I mean, then you write and you have like a whole series of, uh, was that the moment or was there a moment kind of shortly after that, that you're like, okay, I got to turn this into a book and start talking about it. Or did that naturally just progress? Like walk me into like from writing for you and you saw it starting to benefit others. And then like, what's the next step? What'd you do? Like, yeah, how'd you yeah. take it? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, there was probably, uh, you know, a lot of bedlam and chaos and process in life that continued because I did get back into the corporate world and did pick up and keep doing, you know, the, the, there's a lot of companies in the industry and and that worked out great for me, but I kept, I kept on writing and I found we'd go to a, you know, maybe a Monday morning standup with, you know, the sales team around or, you know, some of the product folks around and I'd say, Hey, you know, I got this word today. And I, I would integrate it into kind of what I was doing without really this big plan of, you know, I'd find a publisher and, you know, go out there and heads down and, you know, just, so it became a fabric of, of what I was doing. So at that same time, I started, kind of researching and just looking at how do you do this, right? If you want to take this into a book. And and I landed on um, a TED talk by a person who uh, her title, something about the title of her book was our TED talk was words are currency. Now, okay. Yeah. That's a good, that's a kind of a good perspective. And I don't say tagline, but a good way to look. So I reached out. Her name is Tammy Kling, 
Tammy lives in the in the North Dallas area. And I sent her, I don't know, 50 words or maybe the first two thought chapters that I do and said, hey, I'd just like your feedback and input on, you know, you're an author. And she does books. She's a, she was a sort of a hybrid publisher, literary agent type. And we connected and she said, I'd like to do your book with you. So that that kind of happened just by me digging around a little bit and kept writing. And at some point, um, I went to a local coffee shop with, you know, 400 pages or whatever it was, because I had a word on each page. And it became like shuffling. Okay, here's a book on mindset. Here's a book on leadership or chapter. Here's a chapter on, um, you know, when the batteries are low. Here, here's a chapter about being strong. Here's a chapter about, oh, this one's for my kids because it's about we're all unique and we should celebrate that. So that's the chapter called Unique, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, it became, you know, a dozen and a half piles of paper. <laughs> yeah, you had your chapters <laughs> and you had it all like I it all like had it, for you. I thought lined up. And because <laughs> wow. um, I was trying to think of, you know, where and when would we need this? And I didn't just want it to be alphabetical. So I thought I'd, I'd group it a little bit. So, it, it, you know, that's just sort of the process of how that, that came about. Unstuck coaches hates it when movement and progress in a person's life or business is stuck or frozen or slowed, or just stopped altogether? Well, we have found a solution. UnstuckCoaches.com. They offer a variety of coaching services to get you or your business moving again. Check out UnstuckCoaches.com. And you were still in, you know, corporate America, and then you connected with, with her and then you started y'all together started putting it together yeah that's right she's done a probably a thousand books uh really good process and project on on how they do do their stuff and it worked out well and then you know were you still working during the time you were putting uh, it all together okay yeah still still long hours and carrying a bag and oh yeah there'd be mornings and you know then you'd have these you know one hour conference calls where they kind of guide you into okay now Let's think about this. Let's think about that. And look at the cover and the jacket and the artwork. And, you know, just, just, I needed someone to help me with that. There's so many services now you can do those on your own. Or, you know, I, I think if you're, you know, if you're a celebrity, you're, you can probably get the attention of the traditional publishers that, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to do a book now. And that's, that's really cool. Cause I think if anyone's out there that, that has a story, they've been, you know, mulling over and, and believes it can impact others. You know, that's really, I, I think my book should be written. It's what kind of power and impact can they have on other people's lives by yeah. sharing the story. So, so yeah, it, it, it was, then, then, the, then the other mission came because I, it, I realized that, that this was a gift to me at a time I needed it. And I knew where it came from. I mean, the last people that thought I would write a book were my English teachers. <laughs> yeah. So, man, so good. Right. I mean, I was that's not I think that the Lord has, that's why I think God has such a good sense of humor, really. I mean, yeah, he just gave me this assi- hindsight is it's this assignment. Right. I'm going to pull you out of this corporate world. I'm going to put your attention on something and I'm going to start feeding this stuff to you. So take oh. it and use it. OK, now write a book. What? You're kidding me. Right. I told you about my English. <laughs> OK, now now publish it. OK, that's a whole nother step, but we'll go. Um, 
again, this is kind of hindsight. This wasn't, hey. Oh, yeah. Man, when uh, you're in the weeds, it's not that clear at all. That's right. <laughs> that's absolutely right. So so then we got the book published and got that work in. And then he said, okay, uh, you're still in healthcare. You're still in technology. You're still calling on hospitals. Now go give one to every hospital you call on. Because every hospital has a as a, a family library or a, a resource center, you know, especially children's hospitals where or or they have a chapel where there's yeah. a library of resources. And so the blessing there was, I mean, we've probably I don't know, I think I've even lost track. I mean, I think there's five thousand, maybe fifty five hundred hospitals in the country. I'm not in every one of them, but I just when I was calling, I minute, you know, finish with my meeting with the executive I was meeting with. And I'd say, could you introduce me to the person that runs the library before I leave? I I'd like to go down and say hello. And I've, d- I've done this book and, and part of the mission is to share it with folks that are going through some really difficult times. And that started to sell a book, give a book or get booked for a talk, find a place that you can do a workshop, you know, at a homeless shelter or at a, you know, boys and girls club. Oh, wow. so it just kept pouring into me. To, to do that while I'm still in corporate America. Um, then we, then if you want, we'll stop here. We can talk a little bit about the Ted or, or wherever, but that's yeah, kind of so like where did the Ted come in? Yeah. So is that kind of chronologically how the Ted came yeah. into it? Yeah. Cause I was, I was doing some speaking. Um, I was doing some associate healthcare association speaking at their national, you know, regional and state conferences, you know, the power of your words, power of your mindset, you know, folks that are in healthcare have a, have a real unique heart about, caring for others and it's a real difficult job because there's so much pressure uh, there's pressure in everything but i mean it, it's lives and it's families and it's impact so i i just kind of told my story a mom talked about the bam moment kind of talking about kind of what we're talking about here and 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 that started really energizing me and then um the uh the tammy Kling called me and said you know we're we're we just bought a right the rights to a tedx program in the North Dallas area and we're going to take auditions. And she goes, I thought I'd ask you if you'd be interested in trying out, if you will. And oh, wow. what's that? Because, you know, like you said, I came from behind the, <laughs> behind the drums, right? Oh my gosh. It's so some good, man. You know, training programs in healthcare, right. To, you know, doing a little bit of speaking. And then I'm thinking, okay, God, these are, these are real <laughs> oh, speakers. You don't just no. Kidding, man. That that makes me nervous even got to hear that. Like I can't imagine how you were feeling. So did you have to go fly there and audition Absolutely. and then come back and wait? And yeah, it, it worked a couple ways. Uh fortunately, um they had a process that you would record three minutes on your phone. Just 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 record, you know. The idea I'd like to share today is, and you know, you just recorded three minutes and it could be over then, or they took you to a next step. I think there were I think there were like 300 audition tapes that they listened to. So that's why they wanted them to be pretty short. Uh, then the second step was, yeah, you, you flew out and did an audition in, in a conference room. Um, you know, it, it, and it was a small one and there were people wrapped around it. No, <laughs> oh, this, is, this is torture to hear, man. Well, you know, you cut, once you say I'm in, you yeah. just go. And uh, there were, I don't know, 14 judges wrapped around a table you know, no slides because Ted's really don't, you don't do many. I mean, I had a few in mind, but, but you got five minutes to say, you know, why should I, you didn't, you didn't say, why should you pick me? You did a mini version of your Ted. 
And, you know, you're going in, you do your five minutes and someone comes out and you kind of look at them, how you doing? It's, you know, it's kind of like going in for that tryout. for the, oh, yeah. Right? And I got to meet some amazing people during that process. And what we kind of realized is we were all in the same boat. There's no getting out. You know, you're here. We got to go. And we encourage everyone. Everyone encouraged each other. Um, and they picked 17 uh, out of the 300, I guess, that that initially decided to audition in. And, yeah, I was fortunate to be to be one of them. And the talk was really on mindset and the, the power of intention, the power of positivity. And so my theme kind of lined up. And, man, you just – I'm not a memorization guy. I can tell you that. So I had to figure out how to learn. That's a whole nother. We could do a whole nother podcast on learning 14 minutes of where you're going with this thing. And it's not a pitch, right? It's the idea I'd like to share with you today is, and then you got to just kind of figure out what you want to do. And and it really helped me in telling a story and tying it to, I kind of get back to the fact that I said, I didn't realize how, what my life was like being raised right? I, I didn't understand what it meant to be in that soup of gratitude because I didn't, hadn't had that, I had that bad moment, but it was like the first time. So what I was really trying to do is say, how can I take the, the message of my situation and try to make it universally meaningful to someone who might be going through the diagnosis or might be going through the relationship that ended or something because I do believe we all have a connection because of something that has been broken in our life. And that's yeah. really where I was. That's where I think God was whittling me in that Ted to, you know, I, I often say, I feel like a redwood tree that's being whittled into a toothpick because he's honing me. Yeah. So that's how that happened. And, you know, I've just been blessed. I mean, I, I don't think I know 1500 people let alone 340,000 who've watched this TED Talk. Oh, there's more than that. I mean, I was thinking, I think when I watch it, I mean, I feel like it may have been 340, but I thought it was like closer to 390. Anyway, whatever, 350,000 people. Oh and I've, only watched it, I've only watched it 349,000 of the time. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a clip. Uh, no, uh, it's, so, it's just really helped. It's, it's just really, it was a great platform. You know, and it, it is it is um, not a faith-based platform intentionally. In fact, you have to stay away from anything related to um, pitching or belief systems or, you know, faith or things like that. So, I mean, I looked up a couple of times to the, to the to the heavens and did a couple of thanks. Oh, for, for sure. I have to be careful, but, um, but that's okay because that I, I'm hopeful that when folks listen to the message, they get the message. And they see kind of something of value and something that's encouraging for them. Oh, for sure. And no, and I wrote down kind of, uh, you know, after I watched it just about the, I mean that let's talk for a minute about like, how do you, cause I mean, the title was changing the negative self-talk by renewing your mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't know faith-based stuff, but like <laughs> that's Romans 12, they renew in your mind. So how have you seen that? As that's became your message that you've been traveling around and like speaking, how have you seen people's lives be transformed by, you know, getting rid of that seg- that negative self-talk, having more of a positive outlook? Yeah. You, it sounds so, like you grew up with a little bit, but how have you seen it change lives? Yeah. And it's not a light switch, Josh. It's not like, oh, okay, now I'm, now I'm fine. But yeah, thanks for saying you, that. 
you plant some seeds and you know i i always say this on podcasts i'm a mouse in my own laboratory man so i don't you know i have to write i have to do this because i you know we do we have setbacks right so and you have to kind of work through them and figure that out and it's a constant battle and struggle and you know our faith helps us with that um well just i guess one way i do this is i i encourage folks i challenge folks to look to look at maybe four or five words and i ask them to give me their first response when they hear this word and so for example and i'll split the room up into two sections and the first word i say is the word bound you know and i'll do, I'll do this right and what does that mean to be bound and everybody will say constrained restricted can't do anything go through a couple more words like buckle you buckle over or hold up you know being stopped from something stop there but there's more that we do in the workshop and i turn to the other side and i say man what if you say i'm bound and determined and they go oh or what if I buckle down and do whatever it takes? Or what if I thank you for holding me up instead of holding me up? Right? Does that make that's, sense? Yeah, that's connected with me so much. It changes it completely. It, it 100%. It gives a different lens. And it doesn't mean like tomorrow I'm going to say I'm bound to determine when I feel stuck in this job or this relationship. But it 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 can turn a light on something that just has you look at things you know, a little bit differently, like only if I were taller, only if I were faster, only if I had a better voice, only if I had a better, you know, brain for analytics. How about only if I get after it, only if I check out that book from the library, only if I work on my pitch. It's just if only or only if it's just ways to speak to ourselves. And it's it's behavioral. It's nobody's fault. We get pounded and my job i think for the rest of my life is to help folks step back from that and say let's pay attention to our words oh man there's life and death in the power of the tongue i mean you know that scripture and, so and if you look yeah. at the word if you look at words w-o-r-d-s and you put the s at the beginning it becomes what sword yeah, it's a sword they can slay yeah. or they can protect so and i don't want to overdo it because there's action you know that i love that word because in the word action is what you have to do the fourth letter is i the first three letters are act and the last two are on so it's not just words we gotta you know put it to i saw a great meme last week it says god has everything under control but he but don't expect to lean on a shovel and have a hole up here yeah. <laughs> yep. That's good. It takes action. But to me, a lot of the the fuse, a lot of the stepping point is what do we say to ourselves? That script that goes on in our mind. Mm. You know, um, we man, I, if I had to print that script out and sign it and read it to the world, sometimes it 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 wouldn't be a fun conversation because of what goes on often. Yeah, we we talk to ourselves a whole lot, and and you, it's, most of it's not going to be positive really yeah it's pretty I damaging but we can learn it we can learn it i'll do a whole nother thing on resolutions i, I hate that word 
don't hate. That's a word I, I dislike very much. Yeah. My mom Resol- says, don't hate anything. Resolution. Like, like New Year's it. resolutions and I have a resolution to do. Okay, yeah. Split that word split that word apart. Take the R and the E and just drop in an A and an L and it becomes real solution. Uh, if we go from you know, because otherwise, you know, the treadmill becomes a clothesline about February sixteenth yeah. of every year. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, just I'm we're saying. out after that, yeah. Right? February sixteenth, we're out. So what can we do? It's it's you know, twenty one days to form a habit, right? And a habit might say, I'm gonna walk a mile a day, three days a week, 21 days, you have a habit of walking a mile three days a week. But this, the, the, the research shows that if you do something for 67 days, and that for some reason it's 67, on the 68th day, it becomes harder not to do it than to do it. Okay. I've, I've applied that in a bunch of different things in life, and I found it to be true. Get to 67, I'm doing it today because... It isn't a resolution. It isn't a habit. It's now lifestyle. Yeah, it's life for you. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So instead of saying, um, yeah, I walk three times a week, at 67 days, you say, I'm a walker, or mm-hmm. I'm living a healthy lifestyle by walking every day. See, it, 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 it becomes it, your identity almost. Like, yeah. It does. And, you know, those things are going to change. They're going to have seasons, whether you're going to, you know, but the end of the day, it's it's that circle of going from, yes, set the goal, but commit to a real solution. Do it for 21 days. It becomes what you do. And then at the end of that next period, 67 days, it becomes who you are. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay. Do you have a, as we're kind of starting to navigate toward the landing strip, do you have a favorite word that I should leave it at that? Do you have a favorite? I do. It's been most impactful? Yes. What is it? And and it's because of all that we talked about, uh, all the things that that were kind of revealed to me and I had to work on and develop and the writing. And, you know, we talked about sports and music and business and, you know, all those things. My favorite word is the word gifts, G-I-F-T-S. Because number one, I believe we all have them. And it's up to us to dive in, develop them. And gifts are only good when you give them away. And, and my acrostic for gifts is God installed features to share. Um, oh, that's so good, man. It, I, you know, you look at a 12 year old and, you know, they're really, I remember that time, right? It's like, what am I going to be when I grow up? Or I'm good at this. Or, I'm not good at that. You start looking around at things and man, that is the most perfect time to say you have gifts, you are a gift, you have gifts. Now let's go oh. them, pay attention to them, develop them and give them away. Yeah, that's sweet. Especially the give it away part. I mean, I like that. That connects a big time. Ties back to me sending my friend the word calm. I mean, not that if yeah. I didn't do that, right, that's not what I'm saying, but it was a gift and he kind of needed it that day. And yeah. So how can people connect with you i want i'm gonna i want to ask another question after this but how can they connect with you if they're like hey man i want to i want bruce to come speak to our business speak to the you know c-suite speak to whatever yeah do a workshop do a workshop bring books get books all that stuff what's the well, best place well for the, the business way? business world probably on linkedin just look okay. up Bruce Culver, connect with me 
Got a lot of my stuff out there. I've continued writing. Today was day 946. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So today I wrote Arrow um, and what that means. But I've been writing when COVID kind of shut things down for us. I said, how can I stay in touch with my healthcare customers? Because I was still in that space. And I started writing. And at 500 days, weekdays, um, I said, I'm done. I got I, I to gotta stop. And then I kind of announced that. And some a lot of folks said, would you? Please don't. So we're, 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 uh, we're approaching a thousand days, uh, which something will happen around a thousand. I don't know. But LinkedIn, uh, just Bruce Pulver on LinkedIn is a really good way to just just message me or follow, connect. And I'm, I'm very active out there. If you're more on the, you know, kind of the social media side, um, Instagram and Facebook are above the chatter, Bruce Pulver. You'll find me. I post out there all the time. My uh, web page is the name of the book, above the chatter, ourwordsmatter.com. A good way to you know, find the book, but also communicate with me there. I try to be available in a lot of different places. Uh, Saturday mornings on Facebook, I do a what's called a walk and talk. So I'll okay. break down a word for 10 minutes on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock. I just go do a walk. And that's a that's a, you know, interactive. Sometimes folks will press the button to come on and we break the conversation down a little bit. Um, and shoot, I mean, if you want to call me direct or text me for 404-273-8334, uh, why yeah. not just, just you know, reach out. I'm here. I'm available. Um, we are doing some planning now into 2024. So you got a kickoff meeting or you've got a, uh, you know, organization association. that has got a first quarter meeting. We still have some slots that, you know, I come out and do a keynote, but we also do a word shop. W-O-R-D. Uh, yeah. A little bit is that folks will leave with, uh, with a word of their own and a challenge to activate it. So we really are trying to not just talk about the story, but really, plant some seeds in folks to take it back to work, take it to their families, take it to their communities. I'm taking gifts to my family today. This is awesome. Okay. Let's land here. If you had to say to your life to date, what would you, how would you encourage people or what would you say kind of is your life message? Like those combined, how would you use that your life message and to encourage people? So I'll, I'll wrap it up with one of my other favorite acrostics, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, perfect. I think, first of all, it's really important. It's really important to be okay being a beginner at something all the time. I, I just think that's what's opened doors for me has been that let it, cutting that doubt out, right? And so this is one of my favorite acrostics because we used it with our kids as they were growing up. It's three words. It's the word, yes, I can. So think about the first time your three-year-old looks up at the monkey bars and looks at the, you know, grabbing the yeah. things to go. Yes, I can. Now you help them, right? You kind of do yeah. what it takes to help them be successful or going down the slide for the first time or the bicycle with the with the training wheels, right? And let that grow into everything that you do in life and just start by saying, yes, I can. Yes, I can means you expect success in challenging activities now if you start there it doesn't mean it's going to happen but it certainly is going to put you on the journey capital j capital o u r n e capital y right the joy in the journey it's going to put you on the journey that sets you up to see things that are going to help you be successful gosh it's cool so good i can see it now like it's connecting to me more and more so i see why people are i mean it makes it changes everything 
if you think about words this way. We'll get the book, people. Above the chatter, um, our words matter. And uh, you heard about how to connect, and we'll link it in the notes. And, man, thank you so much for making time today. I've loved it. Great to be with you, Josh. Thanks for, thanks for. Um, I guess let me open up the tour bus in this little. Oh, that's awesome, man! You changed the rest of my week. This is cool. So we'll look forward to uh, to keeping in touch. And um, and if you're around us here in Texas at some point, you gotta let let me know because I want to come hear you speak. So I appreciate taking the time today. Bring me out. I'm ready to go. Talk to you <laughs> soon. Let's do it. All right, <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Bye bye. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on this latest edition to the Storyfield podcast. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, and ready to take that next step, whatever that is. If you know someone with an amazing story that needs to be heard, send us an email at info at thestoryfield.com. Have a fantastic day, and we can't wait for you to join us on the next episode of The Storyfield.